Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. Today, talking about we have someone who gets it. This is great news and news I wish I had when I was going through trauma therapy, when I was struggling with the effects of trauma in my own life. Before we get started, just to remind you, there are books available on Amazon, More Than Words, The Freedom to Thrive After Trauma, as well as Fearless Abundant Life Through Infinite Love. Those are my books, Father David's book, my frequent co-host, his book, Evangelizing Catholic Culture, just a wonderful book about atonement. And that is also available on Amazon. So just some resources for your healing journey. So as we get started today, again, like I said, you know, whenever I'm doing these podcasts, I'm always thinking, what do I wish I had known when I was really struggling? What would have been good news, particularly at that point? And what would have felt um, kind of like a, a key that, you know, in a lot of ways that would have unlocked that prison that I felt like I was living within. And, you know, in the past years, I've really kind of um, become, <laughs> maybe smitten might be the word, but with a particular devotion, I'm, I, I don't have a lot of devotions other than the devotion to the sacred heart. That's kind of it. It's kind of central. Then, um, of course, Eucharistic devotion goes along with that. But, but outside of that, this devotion that I want to share with you today has had a profound impact on my life and just continues to in a very, in a very grace-filled and very peaceful way. And so, let me get into it. So, you know, so often as um, we struggle with the effects of, even if it's not trauma per se, but just brokenness, woundedness, um, you know, even if it isn't in a technical sense trauma, we all have painful things we've gone through, I think, at one time or another in our lives. And so often we can feel like no one gets it. I'm in such a, a place of pain and confusion and um, isolation, maybe uh, grief, so many different things, you know, even it can be watching others that who we love suffer and not being able to do anything about that. And we can feel like no one gets this. No one gets it. And I can tell you that is categorically untrue. Of course, we know that God gets it. God's all knowing and all good and all loving and all wise and is totally for us. Though sometimes it might not feel like that when we're wondering, where are you, Lord? And I'm in this place of pain. There's someone who's who's not divine, who's only human, who gets it, and and that's Our Lady. And um, that is not a devotion that I came to easily because of my own 
painful relationship with my mother, lack of relationship, painful relationship, if any. And, um, you know, that was, that was a hard sell for me, even when I was a theology major, even when I was in religious life. Over the years, I came upon this devotion to the Sorrowful Mother, and that's not a title I liked. I, I didn't need one more Sorrowful Mother in my life. And yet, um, you know, that, that title itself, when it was first entered into the Roman Missal, it was entered as Our Lady of Compassion. And I just love that title. That's so near and dear to my heart. And it's just, it's so beautiful. Not really sure why the church changed that. Um, if it was up to me, it'd be changed back, but nobody's asking my opinion on that. But I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful title because, I mean, that's that's something we can emulate, of course. Something we can look to imitate is being compassionate, but also to know of her her compassion and her her deep compassion. Of course, there at the foot of the cross, but also remembering that the Lord entrusted us as to her as her children at the foot of the cross, when He said, "Woman, behold your son; son, behold your mother." When He gave Our Lady to John and John to Our Lady, we were. We were part of that package deal because Jesus is the head and we're the body. And if she's mother of the head, she's mother of the body. So, so de facto, she's our mother. But knowing that he was going to do that, foreknowing that, of course, God would have given her a mother's heart so large, um, large enough, compassionate enough, um, tender enough, nurturing enough for all of us right? He knew what he was going to do. He knew what his plan was. He knew what he was creating her for. That's what he does. He, he creates us for the purpose for which he's made us. And he gives us those talents and skills and gifts. So of course, wouldn't he have done that for our lady? It would have been an injustice in some ways to our lady to not equip her for what he was calling her to. And so he's given her that heart and that tenderness and those, those skills and and abilities and just that way of being that that tenderness and nurturing comes from her. And there's such a beautiful devotion, this devotion to our lady of sorrows. And um, so what it is quite simply, and this in a lot of ways can be a, a great, you know, if you don't have time to pray a rosary or, um, or what, you know, maybe have, a chaotic day going on and you only have, you know, 10 minutes and, or maybe uh, you're in a situation where um, it just doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit for whatever reason to have 20 minutes to attentively pray a rosary. And yet you can pray this. And so what it is quite simply is that you pray one Hail Mary for each one of the sorrows of Our Lady and I can tell you, having done this for a few years now, it's such a, it, it has an amazing effect that I never would have uh, foreseen. And has, it happens very gently <laughs> um, as, as Our Lady is. But what it is, is as you pray these, what I've found in my own heart is that it's given me, as I'm, as I'm speaking of, just such a sense of the fact that she gets it. 
She gets it. Whatever it is we've got, we're going through, she gets it. And of course, these seven sorrows, which I'm, I'm going to pray for us and give us little thoughts on each one of them. So if you want to hang in there. But what she does through them is she helps us come to understand what it is that as we meditate on these things, what it is that she suffered, what it is she endured. And um, as we can know that, it's like, you know, when we know that somebody's gone through something like what we're going through, then we know they get it, right? They know they understand. They know there's so many unspoken aspects and and um, little tiny fine-tuned points that we wouldn't even be able to express, but we know this person would understand. And so we just can, we can be with them and we can entrust that, that aspect of our heart to to them and, you know, really share with them about it, knowing that they're going to get all of those things that we can't put into words. And it's the same with our lady. And of course, these seven sorrows upon which we will meditate and, um, and which you meditate when you're doing this devotion, these seven sorrows are, are just seven of the, um, many, you can imagine enormously, sorrowful and stressful things that our lady went through. Now I was sharing about this recently with someone and someone said, no, I, I don't believe that there were seven sorrows. I think that the sorrow of our Lord being crucified was so enormous that it overshadowed anything else and anything else in her life was just stress by comparison. And, um, I thought that was amusing. This was a young person. And, um, and I said, okay, fair enough. Let's, we can call it the seven stresses and sorrows of Our Lady. How's that? And, and this person was on board with that and was able to accept that. And so then thought that, that this devotion was a good idea if we could change the name to the seven stresses and sorrows of Our Lady. So, you know, if that, if that seems to fit how you think about this, then offer that to you. But what these things do is have done to me is they've really tenderized my heart um, in regards to what she went through and in doing that just such um you know a deeper sense of of gratitude for the role that she played a deeper sense of um like how personally invested she was what the personal cost was that she paid and not not only at the foot of the cross as though not as no, that's not enough, but, but throughout her life, throughout our Lord's life. And, um, and with each one of these, just such a different aspect of human suffering. And so it's given me a, um, just a greater sense of her maternity, maybe would be the word and her, her nurturing, her presence, the fact that she gets it. So, um, you know, I'm, I, really tend to shy away from praying things that have all kinds of promises attached because to me it feels kind of mercenary you know it feels somehow disingenuous maybe i'm just praying whatever devotion because of you know for the loot i can get the spiritual loot um and so for for years I, i've shied away from this devotion because i remembered seeing these promises that were attached to it and i was like i don't have to you know have these promises in order to pray something. And yet when I came across it, when I stumbled across it a few years ago and saw these promises, it really kind of struck me that, you know, maybe the reason that 
promises are attached to devotions is because um, because that devotion is, there's something so particular about it. There's something so special about it that if, even if the, you know, that has to be that initial thing that gets us to take a second glance at it, or maybe to, to pray it, maybe even if we start from a place, which I'm sure we, <laughs> I'm sure we all do in one way, shape or form, but a place of being, um, you know, the less than perfect motivation that then somehow, um, it, it's okay. The Lord works on our heart to get us to that place of deeper and deeper charity and, um, and that, that place of more perfected intention in praying it. And, um, and so those seeing those promises that are associated with somehow not mercenary and, but yet like good gifts that the Lord wants to give and, and drawing us by way of those things to, to this beautiful, beautiful thing. It's almost like drawing us to a pineapple by the beauty of the color of it and the scent of it. And, and so it draws us. And then yet when we eat the fruit, then it's, you know, the nutrients are, are so nourishing for our body. And, and so it draws us to that good thing. So, so let's get into it. So, so we're going to pray these. I'm just going to offer a little, just thoughts um, about each one of these. And we're going to pray a Hail Mary. And that's as simple as this devotion is. So in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So the first sorrow of Our Lady is the prophecy of Simeon. And with the prophecy of Simeon, we just think about our Lady and St. Joseph, the simple offering of a pair of turtle doves going to the temple on that day with our Lord to be dedicated and consecrated to the Lord, to God. And of course, with Our Lady's heart so full on that day, just so full. So, you know, she knew his origin. She knew the, of course, so fresh still at that time the appearing of um, visit from Gabriel saying that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and she would conceive and, and just all of those things that that meant, you know, that moment of when she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, what must that have been like? And then as, as little baby Jesus developed within her, just feeling his little kicks and, and, such a sense of his actual physical presence on a continual basis for those nine months. And, and so knowing he was the son of God and having um, even the, the dream by which Joseph was made aware of that and then his support. And um, so going to the temple that day with our hearts so full and especially even before that, as a Jewish woman, just sharing in that longing of her people for the Messiah. And so here he was in her arms and she's taking him into the temple and then comes forward Simeon with this prophecy that, that Jesus would be the downfall and the rise of many and he would be a sign of contradiction and that a sword would pierce her own heart. And 
how how must that have been for her? You know, I think of I think of Simeon as being so in touch with the Holy Spirit to share those words with her. And at the same time, what courage to share something so painful and um and can seem quite gloomy with um with a new mother about her baby. And yet at the same time, how down the road those words must have been very validating to our lady to know that that it was all in God's plan and known from the beginning and that she had those words and and that for her, that somebody else did get it as well, that that even on a human level, that, that Simeon got it, what he was, as her precious baby was going to have to eventually go through and suffer through for us, thinking this is the Messiah and this is what our people have longed for, and then yet he's despised and rejected and the man of sorrows. So we think of Our Lady receiving that news and how she would have gone from such a, a place of just joy and absolute delight to a place of um, <clears throat> this very heavy weight that in itself must have been a sword that pierced her heart. And so for ourselves, when we've gone through situations where we get news that is so difficult to handle, so difficult to to grapple with and it feels like how can the world continue to spin on its axis and how can people continue to go through life as though nothing's going on and yet it feels like my world is falling apart and I've received this news that 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 nobody else seems to be affected by and and yet this is enormous and and this is everything that my life is about and so we can know that she gets that we can know that that she understands that degree of isolation and that degree of, um, of, of stress and turmoil and real deep pain. And so we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And then the second sorrow of Mary is the flight into Egypt. And we think about Our Lady and St. Joseph and having to flee with the Messiah. If he, had, if he was just accepted, how simple this all could have been. It didn't have to be this hard. And yet she knows that in fleeing with him and the trying to keep him safe and protected. And at the same time, that mother's heart that she already had for each one of us, she's knowing that her other children are, are being slain as the, the holy innocents were being massacred as Herod was trying to eliminate our Lord. Even at such a young age, such a tender age, where all he had come to do was to bring goodness and, and love and, um, all the grace and everything that we would need, all the good things and no ill will, no ill intention, no, um, just all goodness, all love. And yet here he is, his life is being sought. And so with the turmoil of fleeing with him and at the same time knowing 
the other babies are, are being slaughtered, hearing the cries echoing, whether throughout the land, actually around her or in her mind and in her heart, feeling the reverberation of the weeping and the wailing of those mothers. And so for those who have experienced that kind of grief and that kind of fear and that kind of pain, we can know that Our Lady understands, Our Lady gets it, when all we have to bring to the world is really a gift and, and we come with our whole heart just really wanting to offer this to people and yet we're not received. She understands. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the third sorrow of Mary is the loss of the child Jesus. And we see how much in life joy and sorrow is intermingled because we know it turned to joy as she found him as we pray in the joyful mysteries, the finding of the child Jesus. And yet, before that joy is revealed in our lives, we, we have to endure the crosses and the sufferings and the sorrows. And that was no short three days as Our Lady and St. Joseph searched and searched and searched for Jesus, with him being separated and only being 12 years old and such a, a chaos and tumult of people as the caravan and 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 you know him being alone in the in the city and not even knowing where he was not knowing you know we know that she found, they found him sitting in the temple and teaching the elders and we think oh it was safe after all and but she had those three days of not knowing where he was dead or alive taken sold into slavery i mean it really could have been anything could have been killed could have been beaten up by a band of robbers and just just bad people and so much as a mother's heart all the knowing all of the possibilities of the the very grave dangers that could have been out there for him being unattended and unsupervised and and yet searching and searching and clinging to hope and trying to surrender to the grace of trust in the lord and yet how difficult that would be for anybody. So the, for those times where we know, we know, we know that God sees and knows and has a plan, and yet we don't see it. We don't see it, and we try to cling to it, and and we feel torn within ourselves what in faith we know, and yet in our humanity we're suffering our Lady gets that too. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The fourth sorrow of Mary, the way of the cross, what always comes to my mind when I think about this is in Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ, and we see the Lord carrying the cross and stumbling and falling 
and under the weight of the cross. And you see in Mary's, you know, in her mind's eye flashing to when he was a tiny little toddler and walking and stumbling and, and how her heart, it's like we see in her eyes, you know, just her heart lunges towards him and um, just wanting to, to pick him up and cuddle him and, and um, kiss, you know, the, kiss the, kiss the boo-boo and make it better. And yet she couldn't, she couldn't, she was separated by soldiers and she was separated by the crowd and, um, and she was separated by his mission and he had to carry the cross for us and did so, so willingly out of love. And she knew that she knew that heart. She had carried that heart within her and she knew the, the supporting role that she was being called to play and um, she couldn't be his hero at that moment in the way that she could when he was a toddler in a really hands-on kind of way and being able to make it all better. She now had to watch him, the fulfillment of Simeon's prophecy. So calling that back to mind and, and seeing that very life that she had borne being snuffed out step by step in front of her as he bled and stumbled. And she was powerless, powerless to do anything about it. And so for those times when we feel so powerless to do anything about a situation and we just have to, to watch as it seems like utter destruction is taking place. And our hands are tied. Maybe for times where we can't alleviate the sufferings of those we love. We have to just watch them stumble in pain. She understands. She so deeply understands. And she stands with us on those crosses. We pray, Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The fifth sorrow of Mary, and we pray, thinking about her now at the foot of the cross, <clears throat> where our Lord was being crucified. And the soldiers yelling their nasty insults and spitting and, and people with crazed for just bloodthirsty who just come to watch the spectacle and and she's watching her heart be hammered as nails are hammered into his hands and his feet. And it seems like haven't they taken all from him? And yet it wasn't enough. They wanted his last breath. And, and so she knelt there utterly helpless watching what felt like her own heart being crucified. So we know she understands that, that deepest grief 
the deepest pain and deepest not understanding and trying to trust the Lord, trying to trust God's plan, trying to trust that he has a plan. As it feels like our own hearts are being nailed, not seeing, seeing only darkness and feeling so powerless. And so we pray knowing that she understands. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The sixth sorrow of Mary, where Jesus' body was taken down from the cross and placed in her arms. And I can't help but think about Jesus as a baby in that first moment after he was delivered. And I imagine St. Joseph placing him in Our Lady's arms there in that stable on that Christmas Eve, Christmas night. And just the contrast of that joy of receiving him into her arms that first time and seeing his eyes and just a body so full of life itself. He who is life. And by contrast, she had given him to the world. God had given him to the world through her. And that's how the world gave him back. Bloody and mangled and lifeless. Life itself, lifeless there in her arms. And the pain and the sorrow, just impossible to put words on. Where it feels like that that pain goes even more deeper than, than our heart itself goes. Wondering how in the world can this situation glorify God? And I know at times we all have those situations in our own lives with our own pain. Wondering how in the world can this glorify God? I remember asking God that when I was in the midst of suffering from my own traumas. Lord, how can this glorify you? This really seems like it could have been taken care of so much more easily. And yet, having to trust that he has a plan and she sees and she knows when we experience that. And that place in her heart that wound is not healed over. It's not calloused over. She feels that so acutely with us. Knowing it, understanding it, the depth that we cannot imagine. And she wraps her mantle around us as we lean what feels like our lifeless hearts against her chest and for a moment there in her arms, she wipes our wounds. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The seventh sorrow of Mary, Jesus is buried 
and just think about the Lord being wrapped in a in the shroud as he's placed in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And he had to borrow a tomb. And so she sees him wrapped and not able to see his face anymore, not able to see his eyes anymore, not able to see his body anymore. And placed in that tomb and, and wondering how how am I going to find the strength to walk out of here? How am I going to find the strength to walk away? And how am I going to find the strength to wake up tomorrow morning? And everything has changed now. And so for those times where you have such deep losses, where we don't know how how we're going to put one foot in front of another going forward. And we can know that, that she gets it in a way we cannot even imagine. And her heart's not callous to those cries of our heart, that fear, that pain, that grasping at how am I going to find strength to move forward? She gets it. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So we can see through this devotion how she earned the right to be our mother, how she has compassion for each one of us, and we can go to her. And no matter what it is we're going through, we can know that she gets it. Somebody gets it. May the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.